0: This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast, where we talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno, and with me is... Joshua Teehee, assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno.
1: And Maya Solano McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido Fresno.
2: You said that. Aikido Fresno, that's a... how yeah, yeah. That's the real way to say it's it. Emphasis Aikido. on the I. That's yeah, the real way to say it. Yeah. Gotta get your ki-i in every... Pronounce every time you pronounce yeah. the word.
1: I wonder because sometimes be like, we just. Aikido, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> peeking, we're gonna peek <laughs> you. Sorry.
2: just peek, yelling Ooh. in for peeking, peekers. <sighs> anyway, what now? What we saying? Yeah. Something nah. about you wonder.
1: Well, no, I wonder if for people that only listen to this podcast and don't do Aikido or know Aikido culture outside of this podcast, I think we have some of those people. Um, I wonder if they get some weird ideas about <laughs> about how, what it is about yeah. what it is and how guaranteed. you pronounce it, like
2: guaranteed. As long as we're not pronouncing it I could, do, I could. I could do. we're fine. We're fine. Yeah.
1: We're doing our job to spread misinformation as yes, right.
2: best we can. That's right. Which is uh, what podcasts
1: are for. Yes. Yeah. That's far, true. As
0: far as I know. Misinformation machine. Put, yeah.
1: put us right up there with Joe Rogan. That's yeah.
0: right. Ah, that's great. Don't talk bad about Just Joe sorry.
1: Rogan. Sorry. Don't talk bad about fellow podcasters. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe.
0: <laughs> Only listen to his advice on BJJ and DMT. That's right. it. That's Other it. Isn't that? Don't
1: trust and, him. Yeah, My interview with Elon Musk.
2: Yeah. Right. Uh, there's some good one. He, uh So we're from uh, Fresno, for those who, who don't know. Um, and Joe Rogan came to Fresno one time to do a show uh, and then talked about it on his podcast, not impressed with the city.
0: But he was impressed with... The tacos? He was, Chef no, Chef
2: Paul. uh, Paul's, uh, a restaurant. Yeah, he was really impressed. With He was like... It's a great restaurant in a shitty town. <laughs> Man, you're not exactly on only, of Only
1: Fresnans can say that about Fresno. Right, How right. dare that's you? Right. We'll shoot him next time he comes. Okay. What? So <laughs>
2: we do have an, uh, we do, we will be talking about Aikido at some yes. point. In yep, this, eventually. Uh, in this get podcast.
0: around to it. So, um, yeah, so this this week we're going to talk about weapons in Aikido and what weapons are and and why we do them and and how it seems like they must be the antithesis of Aikido in some ways and and we're we're just gonna we're gonna waller around okay. in, in in what is weapons. That sounds, that sounds wallowing
1: great. in weapons. Yeah, wallowing that's in weapons. So that's it. what we'll call it. It's a good. Yeah. It's a good. Yeah. I
0: don't even know how to spell wallow, but I figured it out.
2: So this, I mean, I feel. Uh, probably some of this we uh, have hit on before, you know, we just had the gun episode. Yes. Um, so some of this, you know, may be familiar ground, but maybe not, depending uh, on, on how we get into it. But um, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's it'll be interesting. I would be interested in talking about wh- the the weapons that uh, Aikido chooses, or the, the weapons that we choose to train with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh why perhaps uh, those weapons as opposed to other things and uh
0: yeah yeah i uh, uh actually um Jared Wilson uh, had had asked us a question and, and I still got to get these two guys to watch the video that he referenced. Oh, but, yeah, um, yeah. Lot, yeah. There's actually a video um, of some some modern Japanese weapons experts looking at Ueshiba's weapons and and doing some commentary on them. And, and I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it because I, th- I think we should do an episode on cool. it. But um, it, it's interesting because, you know, those guys, they kind of came to conclusions that I think I came to personally a long time ago with Ueshiba's weapons. Uh, you know, so, I mean, one thing you have to understand about that guy is, that guy wasn't a samurai, you know, like he, he didn't grow up in that time period. He didn't go to war in those ways. I mean, he went to war, but fighting with a gun, much, much more akin to a but modern Chris, soldier.
1: Chris, Aikido came from the samurai. That's what my sensei told me.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Your you sensei know, they never said. It's a, uh, Actually, no, I have I have heard Chris say that, so
1: that, that is
0: correct. Uh, yeah, I've
1: uh, had more than one sensei, Josh. That, I know, I know.
0: That's both true and false, you know. And it's and as we start to track that down, it 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 really gets to be a, a sticky wicket, and and kind of you know, I feel like early on, you know, I. My first realization as to Aikido being something different than you would study in, you know, MMA or, or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or boxing right or whatever, MMA. right? Realizing that, oh, it's it's kind of teaching something different was realizing... It's value in weapons, in weapons and, and how that was different. And so like to me, you know, the first things I was saying about Aikido is, oh, Aikido is, you know, a weapon system. And that's the problem is because we're, we're interpreting it wrong. And, and you know, I, I've since revised how I would say that. Um, but But now it's funny because I think there are a lot of people who've kind of got onto that tip and mm-hmm. they're looking at it and they're like – you know, Aikido looks a lot like other Koryu Jiu-Jitsu. Right. And, yeah. and Koryu Jiu-Jitsu are clearly working on weapon stuff. And so there is some kind of connection, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think – and I think what's hazy is figuring out what that connection is. And a lot of people – it's a very – I think it's a very contentious topic right. in Aikido Absolutely. circles. And I've seen discussions of – and I, I don't know. I, I can't, can't put a number on it. But it's like, you know, seems like a, a pretty good split between people who are like – insist that there is a weapons connection there and that weapons training is you know passed down by Saito sensei and so they are in the lineage that does that and so of course it's about weapons etc um and then other people that are like no it's not it's an empty hand art like it Mm -hmm. you know Ueshiba didn't know anything about weapons and he mostly taught empty hand and all these different other things that people say Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. it's very um divisive I think
0: and 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 to me the truth is the tricky thing which is what we come to this on this podcast all the time which is it's somewhere in the middle of all that shit right right, right. right. like the truth is hiding in the middle of that stuff you know um and for me like realizing that like you know because so I did aikido and and the majority of the aikido I trained in uh to get my my shodan was was taijutsu the quote-unquote unarmed aikido now also I did weapons uh three mornings um, every week. And then on my own did a fair amount of weapons. So I, I definitely did a lot of weapons, but comparatively was definitely no, no more than 25% total of my Aikido, you know, so Mm -hmm. 75% of my Aikido was, was Taijutsu. And so then when I went and did, um, mixed martial arts stuff, Um, it was just useless, you know, mm-hmm. like it yeah. just didn't work. And and so it must have been
1: a real slap in the face to be like, I've been spending all this time doing unarmed stuff. And I go, you know, to L.A. to do more on unarmed stuff yeah. in MMA. Yeah, and,
0: and master is what I thought.
1: Right. And fucking none of it doesn't worked. work
0: out, you know. And then, you know, all the time I'd spent doing that and, and 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 really realizing that Aikido didn't work for that. And then I got in one Dog Brothers match and, and Aikido stuff worked right off mm-hmm. you know like like right off and and it was really shocking because it's like you know I spent all this time training the taijutsu and then all this time doing mixed martial arts stuff and then what did I do in the dog brothers fight well I did aikido right. mostly you know and and it did we did grapple at one point so then it was a lot of brazilian jiu-jitsu but still the aikido stuff was handy even in that situation you know
2: what's really interesting is i think i i have a different slightly different perspective because having learned uh from you I would say maybe 50 50 split yeah maybe more in some cases more uh weapons than depending on the time of year and like right. what you know right. um more weapons training than uh and pro I mean man that's a it would be interesting to really lay out because i I think I've probably done more weapons training possibly than. Actual Aikido, like uh, the unarmed stuff, and so for me the two are like so they're just they're the same, right, you know. Like right, they are right, intertwined. Right. Uh, like I personally don't think like, or I wouldn't want to do one without the, uh, you know, right, right. Um, and I definitely think you know the weapon stuff can't be done, you know, the reverse way. But I think they're just to me they're the, they're the same. It's the same, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, again, that's just because that's how. We always had at least, you know, one or two weapons class concurrently to any other class that yeah. we were doing. So. Yeah,
0: so for, for people who—what um, uh, w- we used to do when I used to teach in the garage, so I had an a untemperature controlled garage, and we live in the Central Valley. And so in the Central Valley, you know, pretty much from May through September, you can guarantee that most days are going to be right around 100 degrees— and so in the summer, we just couldn't train in the garage. It was just ridiculous to train in the garage, you know, and, and it was kind of low key. So I couldn't really open up the garage doors because then the neighbors might report me. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. So, so it was just, you know, not cool. And so what we do is train in the backyard because I had a big backyard. And so all summer we would spend, you know, at least five months a year, maybe more training outside. And then when the winter came, we would go inside and work on Taijitsu. And so we just did a ton of weapons and it was, you know, like Josh is saying, about 50-50. And then even when we were inside working on taijutsu, the emphasis was always weapon in the hand stuff. So even though it's, it's much closer to what real traditional jiu is, it still included a weapon in a way, you know.
2: And for me, I always see now, personally, it, 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 the applica- the weapons application for everything that we're doing. Right. So even when we're doing the it, it's it's – okay, this is designed for uh, weapon conflict. Right, right.
0: And I think, you know, I think I can do a real quick job to get us kind of around this so we can actually talk about the weapons themselves. Um, but I, I really just want to kind of talk about what, what we mean in saying that, you know, it, it's kind of weapon-centric and what what's going on with that, you know, is that Aikido is... Um, Uh, So Aikido has three parts as I teach it. Uh, One part's tai sabaki, one part's aiki, and one part's kumiuchi. So tai sabaki is, you know, most Aikido schools practice it and, and probably call it exactly the same thing. It just means body organization. And so that's all footwork stuff. So the way you use your feet. Um, All power-making stuff, right? So any of those rowing exercises you do or how you, you know, uh, align your body, any of that kind of stuff, that's Tai Sabaki. And any ukemi, you know, and and ukemi could be um, resisting force, like someone trying to push you over and you resist it. Or it could also be getting knocked over and having to roll or break fall or whatever. So those three things are are Tai Sabaki. Then the other section is Aiki, which is what I believe the, the main... Emphasis of Aikido is, um, and and that Aiki stuff is you know uh, understanding kokoro right, which is the connection of your conscious mind and unconscious mind and how they work together, um, and how you can uh, be in different states of mind to deal with conflict, um, and how you can you know resist your urge to do weird stuff and all kinds of things like that. Mental training basically, uh, kimasubi, which is connection training, and that has to do with like empathy and how you look at someone and assess what's going on with them and how you um, uh, feel what they're feeling and understand their viewpoint, which. Enables you to make Aiki, uh, which in, and then we have Awase, and Awase means to actually fit together, which is probably what most people see and say, oh, that's the Aiki thing happening is the Awase, and that's actually the the physical interaction that's happening, um, and that's how the two things fit together. So that's Aiki. And then the last section is Kumiuchi. And I believe most Aikido schools spend the majority of their time working on kumiuchi. And kumiuchi is just struggle methods. And the word kumiuchi is just a, an old word that's synonymous with Jujitsu. jitsu And the reason I didn't choose to put Jujitsu jitsu in the word as is, is I break down the system is because I don't want it to be confusing. right? And so when I say Jujitsu, jitsu they're like, oh, so it's like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And it's like, no, it's not like that. It's old school armed grappling and that's what it is and and when we're looking at kumiuchi and Aikido, we're actually not really looking at the grappling portion hardly at all we're looking at a few sections right we're looking at how we hold someone um, how we take something out of someone's hand that's all one section Doriwaza. Um, how we escape holds so if someone has us how do we get out of it and that's hodoki waza how we use weapons, that's Bukiwaza, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. How we, uh, What the main principles are, that's Kyowaza. What the main projections are, that's Nage Waza. What the hold down techniques are, that's Osekomi Waza. And what the striking techniques are, that's Atemi Waza, right? I think I hit them all there. But, but those things are what we do when we can't make Aiki. So if our Aiki fails us, we have to have some way to to deal with what's going on, right? So if someone's choking you, well, the Aiki answer really is to go to sleep because there's nothing you can do about it. So you have to hit them or move them or throw them or do something to them to get them to stop choking you. But the the difference in Aikido is that's not the goal. We don't want to do that stuff. We just do it if we have to. And once we do that, ideally, we're resetting ourselves to the Aiki. Um, And so so that stuff, all the kumiuchi stuff, is weapon-centric. And so whether it be I'm holding someone in a way that they can't use a weapon on me, I am manipulating someone in a way that they have to let go of my weapon hand, um, I am uh, projecting someone away so I can use a weapon or so that I'm out of their weapons range, right? So these are the these are the things that we're talking about. And so when we're talking about Aikido being weapon-centric, the kumiuchi stuff is what is where the conflict is happening that there's a struggle of any sort.
1: Mm-hmm. Not to mention that the the context that Aikido is addressing is a situation where there is a power um, difference, a yes. large power yes. differential, and so one of the two parties, either the person who is doing the Aikido, the the defender, so to speak, has gotten a weapon to help their side, or the other person is the other party is using weapons against them. In which case, they need to be able to handle that other side, and right. so. You know, we're dealing with those kinds of situations where someone's grabbing a weapon because it's dire.
0: Right, right. And I mean, you know, a way to look at this is like, you know, if, you know, some awesome, you know, MMA champ or something wants to come fight you and and you can't I-key them, right? So you can't, you know, de-escalate the situation. You can't understand where they're coming from and sympathize with them. You can't not be there. You can't whatever stuff that you might use in I-key, then a weapon's really the only chance you have because you're not going to outbox that guy. You're not going to out-wrestle that guy. You're not going to, you know, any of that stuff. And so you have to use a weapon in order to get back to a position where maybe you can can I key them again? You know, like,
1: yes. Before we actually dive into this, I also mm-hmm. wanted to say, cause we're, we're, using, we're into it. I by mean, the we way. are, <laughs> um, right. but you know, further in, um, could you define, or can we, we could define, um, what I, what, uh, weapons, like what we mean by weapons? Because I, I think that that's a. I mean, that should be self-explanatory, mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. it's good to talk what, about. What, what does that umbrella cover?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, a weapon is anything that is an extension of yourself that gives you an advantage of attrition, reach, power. Um, that's basically what they're doing, right? So, I mean, I could hit someone longer if I have this weapon, right? I'm not breaking my hand or my foot or whatever. Um, I am uh, able to uh, uh, hit them harder with more force or hit them from a range that I can cannot normally hit them from right and sort of there's like a a, like a little triangle in there um that that really also you could add speed in there if you want but really like distance and power and speed are all kind of interchangeable yeah you know so uh so you could also add speed if you want but but it's it's you know once you've said power and distance you're kind of accounting for speed also
1: got it and so that those can be that can be anything from um you know and a well-established kind of weapon like a gun or you know a sword or something all the way to an improvised weapon right. of some kind,
0: right? And so, so when we're talking about, like, say, what Koryu Jiu-Jitsu is teaching, um, we're talking about um, grappling systems that revolve around handheld weapons. And so, what my saying is totally true. You could, with very little, if no modification, take the same techniques you would use to disarm a knife or a sword or a spear and disarm a shotgun or a rifle or a a, a pistol. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so no no difference in that. So
2: uh, let's talk a little bit then about specifically the weapons that we see in Aikido, a what what they are, why we see them, um, and sort of you know why there aren't maybe other weapons, or if there should be other weapons. Uh-huh that kind
0: of thing let's talk about the three i think i this was real illuminating to me when i realized this but so the three classic weapons of aikido i think across the board every aikido school would agree that these are the three classic weapons is the joe the bokin, and the tanto and i i think that's pretty across the board if you teach weapons you probably talk about all three of those the sword fist and the fist yeah the real weapon the fist (sighs) is probably the most powerful weapon actually at some point, and
2: maybe we, we circle back <laughs> around to this. I'm not I'm not about the fist, but. Um, <laughs> I'm not about that. <laughs> we probably are going to have to uh, talk about the, uh, what these weapons, the weapons that the weapons stand in. For. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because these are all uh, weapons that could be used as weapons, but they're actually training implements as opposed to. Right, right. But we can get back. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where that falls in this conversation. But yeah, yeah. There's a mess of a stuff we got to get that, into that probably um, needs to be made.
0: Let's talk real quick about this though. So I would say, you know, if say you study the Awami weapon system or you know Chibas or the, you know, you will see a ton of Joe stuff. You will see a ton of Boken stuff, but you really only see a fraction of knife stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I remember for years going. Well, look, it's really true that we do a lot of sword stuff and we do a lot of Joe stuff, but we really don't do much knife stuff. In fact, the school that I came up in, knife stuff really consisted of like four different attacks and uh, four techniques, and you could probably do another two on top. So like eight techniques total, basically covered what we trained with the knife, Mm. you know? And so I was like, well, it's, it's it's not fair when you talk about how much we do with sword and how much we do with Joe, and then we do almost anything with Tonto. And then as I started to realize what, Kodu systems do, and like why Aikido would have similarities to them. I realize that every technique is a knife technique. Right, right, like right, everything right, right. you're doing is always a knife technique. A right. small weapon is in the hand, right. and that's why you have it. So, so everything is represented by the knife, and then there are also specifics for Joe and specifics for Bokken.
1: And so,
2: I, really, when you're talking, right? So, really, what when we're talking about it, it's like uh, a knife or a small hand hand handheld weapon is the major category. And then below that would be, um, you know, uh, the sword or some sort of uh, longer uh, side-armed weapon and then the joe would represent something closer to right. a spear or a longer
0: right you got uh, it. yeah like so like a mid-size michael Varon was real into this for a while it's, you know basically the sword is a sword right whether it's a, a wakazashi a katana odachi a what whatever you know whatever kind of sword you're talking about uh, if we're talking about the joe we're also talking about, we're talking about a joe we're talking about a spear we're talking about a staff we're talking about a naginata right so all those um, can be handled in similar ways now look if you're a, a strict weaponist you're like oh well you're not going to cover the intricate details of and that's true you're not and that's why different systems exist to cover the intricate details but the general movements which is mostly what concerns aikido people the general movements of naginata are contained in a joe the basic movements of spear are contained in joe um and and so that doesn't mean that aikido people are on par with naginata people for naginata but it means that we understand the basic ways in which they move and so thus we can understand how to build strategies around those kinds of ideas
2: Right, so essentially we have the th- we have three systems, or three sort of levels. tiers levels of the system based on uh, weapon size.
0: Right, right, length of weapon. Right, so in that long range weapons, mid range weapons, yeah. or short weapons. Distance
2: and all uh, handheld. So you know we're not dealing with projectile weapons. At, right. At
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. And so so it's not okay. So now let's so we talk about the major weapons. Now let's talk about the auxiliary weapons. If you studied in Iwama, you probably learned Shuriken. Oh yeah, um, because Saito Sensei loved Shuriken, and he uh, was—I don't know if he actually had rank in uh, Geish i can't remember the Whatever. name of the you but um uh anyway so if he actually had rank or if he just had trained with a guy but you know he was he was known for coming into the dojo late at night um and telling them to pick up the tatami and then throwing shuriken at the tatami you know <laughs> um so that was known and uh a lot of the guys so my teacher trained with him and i learned the iwama way to throw shuriken which isn't the iwama way it's from another lineage but but so i learned that um and and so if you studied Iwama and Iwama weapons particularly and Uchideshi even more so you probably learned Shuriken also Mm -hmm. so that's also a compound weapon in the system um A lot of Ueshiba stuff is based on spear work. Now, look, I'll take flack from that because a lot of people go, he was never trained in a spear system, et cetera, so forth. But the truth is he was very interested in spear and hung out with spear guys and talked to spear guys and looked at their techniques and was interested in in accumulating how they work. And he practiced with a spear a lot. If you doubt that, look at any pictures of him because most of the time it's actually a spear in his hand and not a Joe. Um, so he was doing spear stuff a lot, and, and honestly, if you look at um, uh, Shinto Muso Ryu, which is like the the style of of Joe, um, we look much less like that. Aikido looks much less like that than it looks like um, traditional spear work, mm-hmm. and and so.
1: I was going to say, and I think this is a good point to bring up, which is like we often, you know, so looking at Ueshiba as the progenitor of Aikido, like. And, and looking at him and going, okay, well, here's what he actually knew about this thing. So here's what he had the authority to pass down and mm-hmm. what we're doing mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an argument that that people make that because Ueshiba didn't have training in certain parts or certain parts of the system that he created, that that he was unqualified to teach that. And look, I don't disagree with that in a sense because it's like, well, if you didn't have official training, then you probably don't know as much as you think you know. Um, but I think there's also something to be said for what what Chris is the point that Chris is making, which is that like that's not the only way to learn stuff. Like by um, having an official uh, time that you spent training with right. a certain thing right. or in a certain system, and like there's a lot that you can be like a lot of fundamental stuff that you can find out on your own. That's right. And I think the other th- the way to really suss out how how many principles of Joe work, we'll say, or, or you know, spear stuff, long weapon stuff. How much is contained in the Aikido weapons? An easier way to do than through by digging through history and trying to figure out well, how much did you waste you, but no, would be to just compare it to a spear system. What are the things that are contained in another spear right. system or you know in a in a long weapon system? Right. And what do the overlaps look like? Because right. I think it's a lot easier to just look at the material and go, well, how much does the material match with other official established systems? and go about it that way rather than trying to make a historical argument, which is really difficult.
0: Right, right. You know, it, w- when you do that, you know, like, so, you know, I'm I'm interested in studying Hema. You can take two different lineages of sword work that have little to do with each other, and and I, I'm saying that a little tongue-in-cheek because, like, they're all in Europe, and they were all dueling, and, and so there was always trade across, but it's like, these, these systems of sword that are used in the same way, you know, Italian longsword or German longsword, they have the same set of techniques and the same postures and the same. And the reason for this is because there was some share, but also it's just, that is the way you use that thing, you know? And so I think there's a, a big group of people who say like, oh, well, Ueshiba's stuff is actually only daito to you because that's all he had official rank to teach. My argument is that Ueshiba was a martial artist and, and a guy who is interested in becoming as complete a martial artist as he could be within what he saw as martial arts. And, and that's another argument we could have. But and so because of that, he was constantly mixing with people from different schools. And and you can look through any of the, the interviews with his students and and you hear lots of like, oh, he had this guy come and do a seminar. Oh, he went and studied with this guy for a week. Oh, you know, this guy would come and talk to us. Oh, they were best friends and they would hang out sometimes, you know.
1: Well, and all his students were also trained in other things. Exactly So he was right. probably also learning from them.
0: Right. And so. So, yeah, you got to be careful when you're saying that because when you say the direct words you just said, uh-huh. uh, that wouldn't have happened. But yes, he was gathering information from people around him. Okay. Um, uh, uh, but anyway, so. Learning. So, 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 like, that's what's important to understand is like the guy created a martial arts system. He is a martial artist. He is capable of taking information and synthesizing it in different ways for different purposes. Now, we could argue about whether it was good or not. I would argue that it is good because what I've come across is it, it's really good. Um, but nonetheless, he is that kind of guy, whether you think what he did was good or not. He's a synthesizer. Right. I mean, that's what he yeah. does. And he, he he was doing that the second that he created his own martial art. Instead he's doing that, he's saying, I'm a guy who takes things and breaks them down and puts them together in different ways. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I created a new martial art.
2: Well, so let's talk about then like the, the – so we talked a little bit about the specific weapons in terms of what they are. But like – so like why do you think those specific weapons and um, why – Why just those weapons? Why aren't there other... Why don't we see other things?
0: I mean, I think those weapons, for the reason we already covered, which is... um that they are, are, are good length weapons. Um, we could argue that Aikido doesn't have a long or an extreme long range weapon and doesn't have projectile weapons, right? So meaning like yeah, yeah. he could have had a course in Yumi or something yeah. and he could have taught Shuriken, which they oh, didn't as far as I know. Um, he could have had, you know, a, a full size spear, which is like seven foot or a bow. Uh, and he could have had a battle spear, which is like 14 feet, you know? So like he could have had those <laughs> yeah, weapons as sure. well. Um, but, but the majority of stuff that the regular person would have in a, in in a defense situation that's not war, right? So like when we say stuff's related to war, you know, so like say we're saying that like this is battlefield stuff. There's true that Aikido is related to that, but that wasn't Ueshiba's, focus. It was still civilian stuff. Civilian stuff, right? Regular people stuff. And so a short spear was something you might have in your home. A sword was something you definitely would have in your home. And a knife was something you'd definitely have on your person, right? Or, or a a fan or, you know, anything small like that. So, so that's why I believe those are the three weapons. And we exclude the larger battlefield weapons or the projectile weapons because people aren't walking around with bows. People aren't walking around with seven foot or 14 foot spears, you know, like, so, so the average person's not going to have that. Now, even though it's anachronistic, and I believe Aikido is definitely has anachronistic tendencies, right? And so, what I mean by that is, it really fancies olden times mm-hmm. and olden times for when it was. So we got to understand that uh, Aikido's from the the 20th century, you know, like that's right. when it's from. So it was looking at those old weapons and kind of being romantic, I think. Right. And so, saying, yeah, it,
2: it would be like uh, the old west for right. us. Yes, like exactly now, you know, right. Like, you know, looking exactly back right. and going like, "Ooh, we like old well, west cowboy guns." Right, or right,
0: and know. it was actually. Temporally, temporally, exactly the same, right, right, right? right? So, like, if if you were a guy in the 1930s and you thought about cowboys, you're looking at the same time that a guy in the 1930s in Japan right. was looking at samurai stuff.
2: And that's why samurai movies and westerns are uh, so similar.
0: Very similar, yeah.
2: Hmm. Um Okay, I had another point, but now I lost it. So.
0: All right. Well, I, I can just keep talking. <laughs> um, uh, if you guys want to step in there, step in at any point. So um, so a, a, a thing I think we need to look at and really suss out with this is um, part of Aikido's kumiuchi, its struggle methods, is Bukiwaza, right? Which means weapon techniques. And so it's the inclusion of these ideas of using weapons. Now, I think we've kind of already drawn it out. I mean, definitely if you listen to the podcast regularly, but in this episode, I think we've kind of already started to draw out like why we would need to use weapons because in Aikido, we're always envisioning a unfair power situation, right? Meaning that my attackers are in number or size greater than me. And so I would have to use a weapon or my attackers are using a weapon on me. So so that's why Bukiwaza exists, you know. And, and Doriwaza really is more what you're really talking about when you're talking about weapon taking. But it's still included. And when, when we're talking about Bukiwaza truly, we're talking about how I use a weapon on someone. Mm-hmm. And then I think what becomes more confusing is when you hear like how we talk about Aikido and how we train Bukiwaza. We train Bukiwaza in a seemingly dueling situation. right right Right. and so when you say like oh you guys talk a lot about how um aikido is not about a dueling situation it's about a situation where you're facing multiple attackers and you're just trying to get the heck out of there and that's what your emphasis is
1: but then all the joe and and boken techniques look like uh dueling dueling you Mm -hmm. know symmetrical situation we're both getting each other Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's the same reason that the taijutsu kumiuchi looks like A dueling situation. Now, if you are a modern unarmed duelist, you look at it and go, it doesn't actually. It looks fucking weird, right? And that's because um, it's in the modern era, we have really better understood what unarmed situations are because it unarmed situations are really artificial in lots of ways. You know, if you're a real person and you feel your life's danger, you're going to pick up something and smash someone with it. So the only reason you wouldn't do that is because your ego's on the line or because you're in a competition or for some reason you're, you're not being, you know, you're artificially limiting yourself to, you know, just what I can do physically. So, so it, it We have streamlined uh, recently what unarmed situations look like. So when you look at Aikido um, forms, they don't look much like an unarmed dueling situation. And that's, you know, I think a first criticism. Yes. And so that criticism can kind of start to be worked through when you start looking at what Koryu looks like. And Koryu is close quarters weapon grappling and so when you look at that you're like all of a sudden it looks a lot more like aikido and it's like oh, okay because we're talking about struggle over a weapon and struggle over a weapon looks more like this mm-hmm. now in a Kodu system we might be talking often about dueling situations where they are trying to directly dominate and overcome someone else in mm-hmm. in this weapon conflict but in aikido we're not and so you have to understand that the way that's held over to train these things is still seen in that format. Now, ideally, if you've learned IKEA and how I works, once you learn how that Kumiuchi works, you realize that what you're actually trying to do is reset your right. situation where you have distance and time and all this stuff, you headedness, all this stuff that I talk about in the Aikey section. So That's what you're using the kumiuchi for and not actually to win that way. And then once you understand that and kind of see how that works with the taijutsu, you can apply it again to the bukiwaza and go, oh, I'm learning it in this context because that is a convention to get to see how you do these techniques that might come off. But I'm not using them specifically to dominate someone in the situation, but simply to reset my Aiki. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to cut someone down. It just means that... I'm not doing that just to do that. My goal is not to cut someone down. Right. My goal is to get them to stop attacking me, and it might include cutting them down, but if I could get it not to, then I would use that as well.
1: I think it's really difficult f- for people to see that are that unarmed martial artists primarily, um, specifically doing symmetrical stuff, because they, they go, well, resetting is something that people do in... Uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu in boxing all the time, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. uh, pull out of the clinch mm-hmm. or, um, mm-hmm. you know, reset in some way to, to kind of, uh, you know, as a as a strategy to uh, change the way that the interaction is going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the, the big difference is that it's, for Aikido, it is the systematic goal for yes. us to reset back further, create distance, move out of the conflict, the right. physical conflict, right. where for those other systems resetting may eventually help you work back toward your goal but the systematic goal of say brazilian jiu-jitsu is not to reset distance it's to uh dominate your partner or the the other person
0: reset to obtain superior position so you can then again dominate them so
1: you're kind of uh you know in if it's in like a brazilian jiu-jitsu situation for example you're um you're kind of uh backtracking a little to to forward track to the goal. Where for Aikido, it's not backtracking. It is going towards your goal. Right, right. Which yes, is I'm to... achieving
0: my goal if I'm a reset, right. if I'm away from it And you. I
1: think it's a small distinction. And I think if you get it, you get it. But I think for a lot of people, they're like, well, I don't see how that's different. But it's much different because it's the systematic goal of that. Right, right. And the weapon is also a, a confusing factor for people, I think, because it's like, well, how else do you use a weapon if not to hurt and uh, dominate someone? Right. And I think that it, the same argument has to, has to kind of be made, which is like y- you are using the weapon to create distance and to um, go uh, to return to a, a safer place for yes. yourself. And and so Using the primary the, the primary goal is not to destroy or hurt them. If they get hurt, okay. It's, it's if they to don't, gain okay. Autonomy. Autonomy. Right. Yes, you got same. it exactly yes. right.
2: Um, and and you know, arguably, it's the best thing for you. Right. anything that gives you that advantage of distance and power right. is going right. to to help put you there. But
1: now, I, you could look at it like this: if uh, you know when two guys are in a fight and then their friends try and pull them apart. Right. So say one guy had a weapon and was attacking the other guy. If your friends tried to pull you apart and you wanted to go back to continue to hurt the person with the weapon, that would be a symmetrical situation. You'd be the attacker with the weapon and that wouldn't be Aikido. Right. But if someone went and tried to intervene, then you would be more than happy to step back and go, I don't want to hit this person. I don't even want to have this conflict. I'm trying to get out of it.
0: That's right. You know, that's right. And
1: that's the, the difference.
0: It, it, it's, 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 it's more complex and subtle than we're saying, uh, I think. And Josh saying like, you know, you look at your goal as being autonomy. It really, yeah. really sells it out. Cause what mine is describing right now is shows you that. If someone separates you from fighting, they have helped you. That person separating you has helped you to gain some autonomy. So the last thing you want to do is go back into the situation. But if you're not thinking about that, if you're thinking your goal is to dominate, then of course you would again surrender autonomy. The only difference being in a sport martial arts, you want to um, go back into the non-autonomous situation in the dominant position. Right.
1: Mm
2: The other thing I think. That the uh, the uh, the uh, prob- problematic is, um, looking is again the the idea of the way that we train these things and we train weapons in the much way we train the the unarmed, which is in forms, and it's way too easy to um, see a form uh, as. The thing, uh-huh. right? instead of seeing it as, as a unit
1: of Aikido, uh,
0: right? Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah, the smallest unit of Aikido is the form. That's right. an easy illusion to fall right. into.
1: Um, and the part represents the whole. Right.
2: And so, and if you do that, then um, then it would be difficult for you to understand. Then it would be difficult for you to a see how you are doing something that's not a dual, right? Because the form is is essentially, it is a duel, right? Like the way that it plays out, which is generally the forms play out like, you know, um, you go, I go, we, you know, sometimes I beat you, you beat me, like whatever. Uh, And then uh, B, like, uh, make it difficult for you to see the, the actual things that you are learning within the form. Right, right. To see the the pieces of each, you know, because the form is giving you um, answers to questions or, or problems that are presenting themselves within this conflict, right? Um, and the conflict could last way longer than the the form would. But, right. uh, and if you just see the form as a unit of measurement, you are not really being. There's just. It allows you to only see one, one, one answer to that one question instead or one problem, right? Right. Instead of seeing uh, that within that, there could be seven different things that are happening or, you know, that each sort of each moment, each um, movement is an answer to uh, is a problem that's being presented and you answering it. Right, you know, right, right. Um, and so I see that, that that would be difficult if you, uh, because we're doing forums in the way, unfortunately, that we teach forums, I could see and I, I, I can see this because I know it because this is how, you know, originally I learned some of these things um, without a clear understanding of why. I mean, you you did a, have, did a good job from the very beginning of sort of, of trying to break down. Each individual form into its part of like this is why you would be doing this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm attacking this part. I'm attacking your head because it's open or wh- whatever the the idea. But if you if you don't get that kind of instruction, then you are just going through some movements. Um, and sure, that teaches you how to get comfortable moving with a weapon, but you're not really getting the full scope of the thing that you are learning. You know. Right.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I was gonna say I think um, one of the issues now of the 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 current forms that we have so let's say from Iwama lineage because that's what I know um, for Boken and Joe and stuff like we have this syllabus of stuff and like it it's kind of like um, when you read a you know a book from a really olden time it's like you have this one story. And, like, it's telling you a lot of stuff, but it's also not telling you a lot of stuff. Right. And, like, you know, you read a story from a really old time, like, you know, I don't know, something like like uh, Canterbury Tales or mm-hmm. something. Something real fucking weird. I don't know. I remember Canterbury Tales being strange. Right. Um, like, you know, you get a sense of the story, but then you also go, like, but why did this guy choose to do this thing? Like, it doesn't make sense in my culture because this is a totally different culture. And, it, you know, it just doesn't track. And there's all these... Th- hidden rules of the world that like the story doesn't tell you because it expects that you know them because it was written in a time that everybody knew that thing and i think that that's a lot of what's happening with the weapons as the syllabus is generally taught is that like there's a bunch of hidden rules and hidden principles that like aren't aren't stated outright that make it really difficult and and why the way that people do aikido weapons now is kind of twisted and strange mm-hmm. because those those rules were not written and explicit and so they weren't passed down and then people do weird shit because they didn't know that that that's not what you're supposed to do because right, it was expected right. that you would just know that or well, you figure right. it out or you would intuit it you and, know and they've
2: also only been using. they've also only used the training weapon as a training weapon right um and never had the experience of using the weapon as it would be you know so cutting something hitting right. something right really stabbing some, you right. know, um, and if you've, ne- if you've never done that, then, you know, it would be the same as if, you know, you just always were doing shadow boxing and never hit anything. Right. That's exactly um, right. The first time you hit something, you're going to be in for a shock, uh, when you, you know, break your hand cause you don't right. know what you're doing.
0: Right. Yeah. I think there's another important thing to talk about here is that also understand that Bukiwaza, all the weapon stuff is really tertiary To Aikido's real goal of making Aiki. And so the Bukiwaza is really limited to the general ideas and tactics that are used in these situations so you can kind of have an idea and then try to use Aiki in those. And that's why I believe Saito Sensei calls the the Bokin the Aiki-kin and the Joe the Aiki-Joe. Because the the saying is like, look, it's not that I really want to use this weapon in the traditional way. And so I don't need to be a master of swordsmanship to understand that a sword basically moves in these six angles and um, these are the ways I'm going to avoid those angles. So that's
2: really interesting because uh in our suburi we do not have uh any of those like in the t- traditional saber or uh even a two-hand sword what they have the six cuts or whatever mm-hmm. we don't have that what mm-hmm. do we have we have two cuts and a bunch of other things that let in unless le- in, in you really know what's happening like you really think about it what like the third sabuti you know when right. we pull down into that low pati- right. what is that right or the second one where we raise up what is right. that right well it is a thing that you're doing uh in interaction that you're having with your your partner you right know? right that's which really, is where
0: your IQ is right. coming in
2: that's really interesting i had never thought about that before but it is interesting that in that we don't have those in any of the weapons we don't have those kind of even with the joke we don't have the the what you would think of as a a traditional form of uh, learning the cuts that you would see in any of the other systems.
0: Right, right. And and I think that's an important distinction to make, you know, that like, I don't believe... Oh, uh, Sensei was ever really trying to make master swordsmen or master spear guys or master, you know, like, he, he, that's not what he was up to. He was like, you have to understand these weapons because they're weapons that you might have to use or deal with in your Aiki scenario. Now, of course, if you want to master the weapon, you should go master the weapon. And then we can still tack the Aikido onto it, you know? So, like, Aikido's is this, like this concept and this way of being and moving that can be used for lots of different stuff mm-hmm. um and so so i think you know his goal was never to do that but to give all of his students at least a cursory knowledge of what that weapon does what its range is what you can expect from it
2: and how it would interact with right. how you interact and that's where you get because yeah the sabuti is all based on these sort of um on that you know like the the number five I don't know if people know, but the Ukinagash sort of movement, that's that's based on an action that would happen with another person. Right. You know? yes. right, It's
1: kind of like the Sabuti are like only one side of a conversation, you know, like a phone conversation or something that you're only hearing the one end of. And it's like, well, it kind of makes sense, but also like what's, what's it responding to or why are you doing that?
0: Right, right, right. So instead of, yeah, yeah I, I see what you're saying, like kind of what Josh was saying is that like instead of – Looking at the sabuti as all the ways to use the sword, it's more like they are the ways that you might, as a person on the other side, interact with a guy with the yeah, sword. Yes, right. like
1: a re- like your responses right. or something. Just yeah. So looking at the fact of what
2: he cho- what you know what he chooses to highlight with the sabuti should tell us a lot about what he thinks we should be doing with the weapon. And it's not cutting, right? Right, because if it was. He, we would show more than one, th- the, you know, and or the showman cut.
0: Right. Right.
2: You know, and we get the others, but we get, we, all of the other, you know, the and the other cuts are all presented within the context of something else. Right. Right. Right.
0: You know, I, I look at a lot of like when I think about Yoshiba, you know, kind of teaching weapons stuff and what that involves. I kind of think of myself and teaching firearms stuff. So, look, I'm a certified firearms instructor. I spend a lot of time with firearms. I have never been to war in another country. Guys who have know that weapon inside out. They know what other people are going to do with weapons. And if one of my students said, hey, I really want to master the pistol, I would say, well, then you have the wrong teacher. Right, go to... You need to go to like the, you know, Pat McNamara. There's a ton of guys out there who have spent their lifetime in dangerous situations and acquired a skill set that you can learn from. But to me... The average person should have a cursory knowledge of what the pistol does, and and you know, cursory to your average person probably doesn't look cursory; it looks very skilled. But once you actually know the craft, it's like, oh, it's it's pretty basic yeah. stuff, you right. know.
1: Right? You know that they, they don't realize how deep it goes.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. And so, like to me, that's the same way. You know, like my study of pistols, the same way. Like my pistol can integrate with my aikido. I am not a great pistol user. You know what I'm saying? Like, pistolero. Uh, yeah, pistolero, if you will. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I, I have an understanding elite, uh, more than enough to match it with my Aikido and and use the pistol right. successfully while using Aikido successfully. So yeah. enough to marry the systems. And that doesn't require a great amount of knowledge. You now, that's not as good as someone who really has mastered the weapon.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I don't know if I want to say this, but like Aikido is a – a good basis for uh, like a, a basic self defense system, yeah. And I, I, think and I so mean, too. like like a very a, a small base. I don't mean it covers everything. No, out certainly of the sun, not. But like, it's the kind of thing that you know I would want for my child or something. In the sense, I'm not. I'm just not saying I want my kid shooting weapons and stuff, but <laughs> shooting weapons. <laughs> uh, shooting way But I mean, like, it's a, a a simple system of uh, you know autonomy essentially and it's stackable with these other skill sets including weapons and uh you know whichever kind we're looking at you know what i mean and and so like i'm not saying what i want to say well but like it, it uh it's it's very stackable um, and it doesn't have to be about the weapons, but they're e- they're they're easily slid into it. They're right, they're very right, well right, integrated right, into that. Right. I
0: think it's important to understand that Aikido is about Aiki, Um and then you know people can suss out whatever they mean that to be. And I don't want to you know whatever you think it's about, cool, chase that dream. But but you know like the way we <laughs> outline way. it for us, it, it like the system of Aikido is about that, and it's about energetic harmony. That's what we're trying to do, and what we're talking about, and what we're thinking about. Now that energetic harmony can be matched up with all kinds of different stuff and different configurations, but it's kind of its own little autonomous thing. And so that's the goal of Aikido. So if you have a gun in your hand and you're an Aikido practitioner and you're trying to use Aikido, you're still trying to do Aikido even with the gun in your hand. Now you want to be able to marry them together seamlessly Um, But still, the goal is not to use the gun. Mm -hmm. The goal is to have an energetic interaction that ideally gets no one hurt.
1: I think what's difficult about Aikido is that like, it's not really about the trappings, like about whether you have a weapon or whether you don't or whether there's multiple attackers or whether there isn't, but it's about the the approach to right. the situation, right. and that's what makes it look so different.
0: And we, could, I think we could simp- simply put that down to, mm-hmm. um, it's about being autonomous. I think what Josh said is a really nice yes. way to just like look at it and go like, that's my goal, to be autonomous. I want to be able to be free to leave this situation and go where I want to go. Right. And that's different than if my goal is to beat someone up or dominate them or cool. whatever
2: cleave them in half whatever yeah
0: (laughs) and and like i said my autonomy might require a cleaving in half of someone it might but but still i didn't do that because i wanted to do that because that was my goal my goal was to be autonomous and unfortunately i got stuck in such a horrible situation that that was the only way left out
1: and i think your explanation of that right now is why to us weapons are not um mutually exclusive with the aikido philosophy exactly right because at least the interpretation that that we see as appropriate of the Aikido philosophy is Mm. not like some kind of, uh, you know, moralistic high horse thing where it's like we never hurt people or we protect everyone or anything quite so absolute, Um, but more about, uh, you know, protecting your own autonomy and, um, you know, not creating any more... um, violence that needs to happen you know for in in order to protect your own autonomy right you know exactly right
2: is there something to be said for the fact that um these weapons have never been uh updated um that we're dealing with um weapons that so very easily someone could have come up with uh, aikido and uh with a uh you know Rifle. A, a rifle, right. a pistol, and a whatever. Blah, right. Blah, blah. Right. Um, but it hasn't. And so, is there something to be gained? Is there something from the like, you know, the fact that these are weapon? Like, again, like you said, you, doing IQ you're never going to be a, a great swordsman. Also, who the hell's ever going to be a great swordsman? Because th- we, no one fights with swords right. anymore. So, right. no one's ever going to be a great swordsman ever again. again. Right. Um, or if they were, no one would know it. Cause right. how do you show, you know? Right. So is there something to, is there something in, in that, that is useful for us in, uh, in Aikido or is it, or is that
0: just something cool to point out? Just my own hot take on that. And, and this is what I love about Hema is I think when you do things that are anach- anachronistic in nature, you get away from all the talking about how practical is that. And, and you can see, Something from a, for a theoretical value that's purely theoretical and enjoy the, the thoughts that you get from that, right? So for example, if you're studying German longsword, you will never in your entire life have to use a German longsword uh, to defend yourself. You'll never, ever, never, Enough. ever, never. Right. So it's stupid to even talk about practical, but that frees us up to actually think about what works in longsword. What what does work, and we can say work without having that to be all tied up with like, uh, well, I can't carry it to the office, bro. So it doesn't work very <laughs> right, good, yeah, right. right? Like because we know that when we're talking about an anachronistic thing, we have no interest in that going into our daily lives, and that frees us up in lots of ways. Now the problem with I I think I believe the philosophy of Aikido is it's not anachronistic. It's a it's a it's a philosophy we can use all the time. But by studying those old weapons, we kind of free ourselves up mm-hmm. from from talking too much about like what's real, right. or you know. So,
2: but I I do see where there could be some some conflict there, where um you know in one sense, and maybe this is in all of Aikido. In one sense, the art itself is a little
1: uh, anachronistic.
2: Anachronistic, yeah. Um, even as and, and maybe that's one of the reasons people think that, like, it can't be practical, mm-hmm. even though yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it's so anachronistic.
1: I, I think it's complicated because I don't, like, IQ itself is not that old. Like, it's not, like...
2: But, no, 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 like, but what Chris was saying earlier, like... It's not that old, but even when it was new, brand new, it was hearkening back to a thing that was old. So even when it was brand new, it was like putting on chaps and uh, cowboy, ha- you
0: know, and, and yeah, you know. The way Ushiba walked around dressed up, it would be like walking around like a cowboy now. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like that's what, yeah. I, I don't think we think that we don't think that's weird at all because it's like uh, it's like oh well, he's from Japan. Clearly, that's what they do. Look at anyone else at a party he's at; right. no one else is dressed <laughs> like him, man. <laughs> because, like, he had this thing of, like, being an old-timey person. Right, right. There's there's an inherent anachronistic thing to Aikido. Right. And I honestly think that is valuable.
1: Yeah. I think one of the th- issues, though, people point out with the anachronisticness of the w- Aikido weapons is that, like, if, it, you know— if we allow it to be anachronistic and like, you know, we allow it to be old and stuff and not worry about the practicality bit, then does do those weapons just kind of backslide into like the artsy bullshit that we have now? You know All right, what I mean? so look.
0: Yes, that's true. And so it's gonna be up to the individual teacher to decide how um, legit, I don't even know how to say that, weapons, their weapons are. And 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 I'll give you an example with me. Um, You know, so I thought, uh, you know, after I, I did stuff and I started working on Aikido and I had a really practical bend, you know, like, you know, and now I'll tell you why I think that bend is foolish. Um, We'll round back. But but like, so I had a real practical bend to it. And so it's like, okay, well, I need to learn Kendo. So I went and learned Kendo. And then Kendo, I realized, isn't really sword fighting. So then I had to start going to European systems because there are guys trying to figure that out and understand how swords work and how weapons work. And then and be able to put that all together, and then after understanding that, I could round that back into Aikido, and I could go, oh, these techniques exist, and they also exist in European systems, and then oh, they also exist in Chinese systems, and why do they exist? Oh, well, I can take this idea and this idea and this idea, and so I feel like my 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 weapons are fairly legit. At least my interest in them is as legit as it can be. And I think if you studied weapons with me, you could look at any of the current stuff about anachronistic weapons and you could understand what they're talking about relatively quickly because we talk about those same basic concepts, right? Now, is it important that my weapons are totally legit? And we'll take the quotes off of that. It isn't because if the lessons I'm teaching as a philosophy of Aikido are involved in the way I'm teaching the weapons, you're never going to use a fucking sword to defend yourself. (laughs) So it does not matter. And so if a teacher doesn't know very much about weapons and they're teaching, you know, um, a a basic showman cut as a way to teach the the student how to move in a unified way, he's still using it legitimately, whether you would actually do that with a sword or not, you know? And as I've learned sword, I realize a lot of the stuff we do in, in Aikido weapons work is like, well, yeah, that is a good way to use your body for some stuff, but not actually for a sword fight. And you should actually isolate your arm here um, and you're not doing that. Right. But it doesn't mean that the lessons from those teachers are not legitimate because we don't sword fight. So there, is, there can be no claim that I'm a real sword fighting teacher and you should trust your sword duels to me and, and me giving you the right way. Now through this, we can also start to realize, and this is me circling back now around to my, my original problem with the practical bend. You are not going to become a master of handling conflict by studying Aikido or any martial art. You have to go get in fucking conflicts and deal with them. Now, martial art systems provide philosophies and ideas and techniques and all kinds of stuff that can be used in conflict. But until you're regularly dealing with conflict, you will not know how to do it. There's no cheat. There's no tricky way right. out, right? Like, I'm just going to intellectually learn all this stuff, and then if conflict ever comes in some way, I'll deal with it. No. You'll piss your pants just like everyone else, and you'll do the wrong thing.
2: That's the uh, fight club, uh, you know. Like Yeah go out and get in a fight yeah just go
0: out and do it and and that's how you get good at it so you know if you want to like be an awesome person with guns well join the military and go do it or yeah. join a bunch of misfit bandits or whatever it is you do you know but you actually have to engage in the activity and so to me the anachronistic thing kind of keeps us honest and makes mm-hmm. us go legit dude you run around in pajamas like <laughs> legit like yeah I, I i don't even know if we can apply that to what you're doing
1: i think i'm coming up with this thing in my head of like so there's a difference between the trappings of the martial art being um, being old-timey mm-hmm. versus being um, up-to-date to the current time. Modern, I guess, is what you would say. Um, and for Aikido, we all agree that it's kind of anachronistic, even like you said, for the time that it was invented. But I think there's this other thing about it, and and different from the trappings. It's like the actual like evolution of the art itself in terms of Um, Not the way that it looks or the things that it's interested in, but like the maturity of the art, like how much it is developed and grown and taught. And I think that's kind of the point that I was trying to make earlier is that like, even though Aikido is old in the sense that we wear old clothes and stuff, it is young in terms of its development as right an art. yes yeah you yeah, know yeah, what i mean yeah. so it's like um it's like a young person wearing clothes from the 60s you know they're wearing anachronistic clothes like they're they're dressing like a hippie that or something. doesn't give them right that does life experience make, yes of... that doesn't make them an adult person right with all that you know right. they're still a 16 year old stupid kid right yes and you know and they're gonna make the, the mistakes of a 16 year old stupid kid yes and so i i think that's kind of my point is like i
2: love that maya just called aikido a Stupid sixty. No, I mean yeah. it kind of <laughs> like is. it kind of is though. I mean,
1: yeah, I, like
2: I, I understand. Yeah,
1: that's you know, I mean, the we, age but, that we're in. No,
2: we've talked about the it before. I mean, we are definitely in terms of, um, you know, our development of the art. We are behind.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, you know. it's about a ninety-three-year-old kid. Yeah,
2: right. but but a martial arts I mean, system.
0: But a, but a, but, a, but it's still a child. Yeah, right. A
2: no,
1: but I mean, <laughs> like in the ages of a martial art, that's mm-hmm relatively young you know like no no yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. no no no, no yeah, i yeah, understand yes. what and you, no, mean, i'm sorry
0: i didn't say that to mean that like no you're wrong it's 93 years no, old no, no. I, I meant like it is still a very young I mean, thing,
1: I'm, yes. I'm more responding to josh saying we're behind like i think like we're exactly at the right pace like we're going like this is normal growing pains is what i'm saying and whether we get out of them or not you know is a great question but like it's a you know it's a normal trajectory for the kind of martial art that it is, you know? And I think there would be a faster pace that it would grow at if we, if it was a different kind of thing, like, like judo or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's
0: all about people involved. I mean, that's right. that's, that's it. You know, yes. the more people you have involved, experimenting and playing and trying things out, the, right. the better it grows.
1: Yeah, like Chris has said about like you know uh football versus cycling. Right, like, exactly. You know, right. yeah. it's going to grow faster Funny, if there's that's more effort. What I
2: had on my in my
0: mind as well.
1: Right. So, yeah. but for Aikido, we're 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 doing we're exactly on par for sure. where we should we're, be. In we're terms just
0: of, like every other martial art called Aikido. We're, we're, we're <laughs> right on track we're with right all of it. On.
1: Yeah. yeah, but I think, like, I think what you're saying about like, um, you know, understanding what weapons are teaching us about ike and and you know, utilizing that lesson in there, you know, and realizing that we're not going to become sword masters through that. Right. You know, I think that's that's the steps that we take towards maturity in ike. Right. Is going right. like, um, no, we're not going to be swordsmen. No, nobody here thinks we're going to be swordsmen. Um, but also, we're playing with this thing to help us learn about. Right this right. relationship and i
2: think that's the that's the truth about it all and that's what like where i wish people could get with it you know where it's just like it just is what it is and just be cool be be fine with that right right and you know if you get something extra from it cool good, good on you cool. but really it just is what it is
0: whatever you kind know. of person you are um, you will probably find um, things in Aikido philosophy and training that help you in your endeavors. Um, and so, if you are a conflict managing person, right? So you're a soldier, or a cop, or whatever, you will definitely find things inside of Aikido that help you. Also, if you're a manager of a coffee shop, you will probably find things that help you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and and it's just because it's a it's a way of looking at life that's real cool, um, and it will help you understand that way of looking at life. Absolutely. All right. We meandered. I mean, we
2: did hit uh, weapons uh, fairly well, I feel like. We also meandered a whole lot.
0: I think um, it, I think that's necessary because, like I said earlier, it's gray. Yeah. And, and so when you say Aikido about weapons, it's like it takes a lot of meandering around to get it, yeah. what that might mean.
1: I have a question because I think that listeners or other people um, might –
0: listeners are
1: Poor there's only other, li- other people. <laughs> if My,
0: mine's been dealing with a lot of other people lately <laughs> well here's but look if you haven't listened to it
2: how would you know to even
1: oh live?
0: i've seen many people on the internet who haven't listened to okay. it and they can make all kinds of assessments of oh, yeah they're oh, yeah,
1: okay yeah yeah right. um
2: i would suggest they listen <laughs> but
0: well, that's just that me. would that would interfere with their ability to make their opinions
2: anyway so Anyways, listeners
0: and other no, people
1: no, no, um so how do you reconcile so we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about um the kind of martial approach to why we work with weapons and how useful they are in conflict and why we why our approach looks at those and then kind of what we were just saying in these past like 10 minutes or so is that like it doesn't fucking matter we're just doing fucking hobby games over here you know like that's really what it is is just making yourself happy and doing stuff that Uh teaches you how to get along with people Uh how do you how do you reconcile both of those things
0: so what is a martial arts student interested in Now, so look, you could say um, they're interested, of course, in having some social interaction. They're interested in watching themselves grow and change. They're interested in um, practicing maybe some cultural stuff, all this stuff, right? This is all true. And this is also true of like rock polishing or uh, boat building or uh, playing soccer whatever, right? That's also true of those things. So the one difference that Aikido has is people who study martial arts want to know about the kinds of stuff that happen in conflict. Now, look, knowing about something does not mean you are an expert of that something you're knowing about. (laughs) Right. So, like, look, everyone who does Aikido wants to know about how conflict stuff works. Now, understand that you are not becoming a conflict master by going to uh, any martial art class, Right. right? However... You are learning things that apply to conflict, which is what you're interested in, right? Right. So it's just like being a historian and going like, man, I want to know about uh, Viking longboats.
1: Right. Now yes. you can
0: learn a lot about them. That doesn't mean you can build one and it doesn't mean you can fucking sail one. And it certainly doesn't mean you can go conquer another country. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, and, and unfortunately we conflate the knowledge that we get from martial arts with having those skills. And so that's why I said, you know, if you're a conflict manager, right, so you're a police officer, you're a soldier, and you learn Aikido, because you already have the true skills of doing that, it will enlighten you in a way to look at them differently. And that's the same as a coffee shop person. Look, Aikido teaches nothing about coffee shops, but you will be able to apply that philosophy. Now, we all... should say
2: tea, uh, tea shop. Yeah,
0: tea shop. And now now we're really doing it. Yes. But, but you know, you, basically what I'm saying is they teach you about conflict and we talk about conflict. That doesn't make you a master of dealing with it and you'll need more than Aikido to do that. Right. At the same time, we want to know about that stuff, so we do it. Just like, you know, guys who do swords. That doesn't teach you anything about modern fighting at all, but it does teach you about some sword stuff. And if you're interested in swords, that's how you learn about them.
1: Right. There are principles in there that you can take away that are generally applic- applicable.
0: Right. That's right.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's hard to for people to realize how that stuff interplays, you know, that you can care about um, learning about conflict and about how you might handle it and what those what that stuff looks like and also still... Um, not really expect to be an expert. Right. Yeah, you know, right. th- th- There can yeah, be right. both of those things. I
2: think it happens all the time. It's the reason you have the dude who's been in his fucking garage band for however long. That's right, thinking, never played. Thinking that he's going to be, you know, Eddie Van Halen someday. And it's like,
0: now, dude, you're just playing your gosh, and that's perfectly. Right. That's awesome. and you want to know about music? You are so. learning about music. There's, there's no lie that right. you are learning right. about music. That doesn't make you Eddie Van Halen. Doesn't make you a, a musician. You know, like, like that. Like, right, right. right. All right, we are at an hour and six minutes. That's too long. That's too long.
2: Oh, my God. We should have called long. this shit 40 minutes ago. No. We, should, we should probably <laughs> just talk for another 20 ago.
0: minutes and chop it in two, and then we've got our podcast <laughs>
2: part one, done part for next two. week. Uh, no. Yeah, that's true. We'll
0: just be long this
2: way. It's going to start happening now, guys. Just so you know, listeners.
1: Oh, jeez.
2: Right now, it's only six minutes over. Pretty soon, four hours later.
1: An hour and a half,
0: you know, <laughs> two hours. Look, so there's someone right now who's like, I listened to this on my way home, and my, my car my, ride home's right. an hour and 20 minutes, and I'm always bummed out right. that last 15 minutes. But there's also someone who's like, my car rides 45 minutes, and these motherfuckers keep making me listen to it in my house, in my house right. <laughs> If you are either one of those, send us a message and let yeah, us know yeah. so
2: we can... We, yeah. What's we the ideal try cut the hot, happy medium, but yeah. this one went long. All right, let's thank our, our patrons. Get on with it.
1: Start start thanking him, Josh. I don't
2: know. Thank you to... Uh,
1: no, I just mean do the preface part. While oh, we're we up. love
2: our patrons for all that they do to support us in our endeavors. You sound totally
0: like an asshole right now. I know. <laughs> you sound like a sarcastic
2: piece of shit. I'm being honest. Josh
0: looked genuinely hurt right now. I, so I've <laughs> known Josh for 30 years, and I know what his faces look That's like. So and that was the genuine hurt
2: Yeah, look. because I do. I, I love our patrons, and... Uh, I love interacting. My favorite thing is to be on uh, social media, uh, Instagram, whatever. And someone from the who listens to the podcast has uh, started following me on some other social media, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And they like something um, on, you know, a post or whatever. And as I'm scrolling down, I see their name and I'm like, this is not where you belong. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. on the podcast. But I, lo- I love it. It's my favorite thing.
1: That's and awesome. you know who yeah. you
2: are it, that I'm talking about. Don't that, Yeah. Like,
1: i feel like they're famous right. to me like i'm like oh my right. gosh yeah
0: i know that name that's
1: that's ben aldrich <laughs> holy yeah, right, shit right right you know and he's right. gonna be like woo shout out all <laughs> right thank, uh, thank you so much to the dirt wasp podcast uh chris protector of ducks como yes. uh jeremy nick bowman brad v yarrow madrona el terrible oh yes. <laughs> brooke ferragamo ben bear wrestler aldrich tommy sieve Francis Cordon, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Ascension Center, Barrett Lippi, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, O'Conn Ayrton, Marcin Chiss, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Franz Martinson, Yuli Simgu, Brian Crowley, Lisa Kant, Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Acido, Matt Mumford, Jim Gallant, Matt Riley, Jim Sullivan, Grant Templin, and Lenny Akuna.
0: And
2: awesome. Thank you, guys. There's a nice little pace you got going. I was trying to like... That I always know, like, (laughs) it's going to the end (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Trying to make it more interesting than just... I think it's fine. Uh,
2: Let's go ahead and hit a real quick tip of the week.
1: Damn, there were so many tips already in the hour and six minutes that there was. Mm -hmm. Um. Wow. I feel like we just talked about so much and now I'm like, what, what can we pull out of it?
2: Well, you know, I think, uh, if you are a, um, at a school who doesn't do weapons, um, fucking do them. Maybe do leave it immediately. Leave and and find a better school. school No, but, um, you know, maybe do some research and see, um, you know, do some study and, and see how, weapons might interact with the things that you do or not you know
1: yeah absolutely and i I think to like remember that I, I don't know i think this is a really nice little thing that we had in here which is that the form is not a unit of aikido you know that it's a uh it's not mini aikido it's a it's a way to practice aikido you know and and don't conflate those two because then you kind of are not I mean, maybe it is Aikido to you because that's what you do is you get on the mat and you do forms. Um, but like Aikido is more than that. Like you're practicing these skills, but like they're, you know, that's just a, a mode to right, practice right. the thing that you're interested in doing. You right. know, whatever that is, if that's conflict management or making friends or whatever it is, um, that it's just a mode, a mode to do that.
2: Where's the form get you? Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. What is what is it getting you? cool all
2: right all right well sorry that we took so long uh guys if you're sorry that you're now having to take the podcast into your house
0: <laughs> instead of just listening on your or if we were with you for that extra four minutes yeah you've always been alone yeah we're glad or, we could yeah, yeah, be here glad. for your old friend
1: <laughs> you guys it's almost 10 it's yeah. my bedtime yeah
0: uh, i'm already asleep I'm <laughs> all right we'll
2: see you guys all later. right guys bye-bye